<laughs> it's been a while for that, I'm guessing. So, <laughs> All right. Well, we're so glad you're here today. If you have your Bibles this morning and you want to, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I, I think about our world. Everything that surrounds us is temporary. There is nothing in this life that is permanent. Nothing lasts for an extended or eternal period of time. I think about how our world changes and and how when it changes, it is never the same again. I think about um, the fact that there is not a person who is alive in America today who was alive when man first took flight. 1903, the, the oldest living person on record in the United States was born in 1905. So two years before that, the oldest living person in the United States was born, uh, man first took flight at Kitty Hawk. And, and the world changed, and it will never be the same again. I, I think about 1969, over 52 years ago, the, the first time man set foot on the moon. And our world changed. It will never be the same again. And we can go on and on with this list. I think about 50 years ago, the first personal computer was sold. First time ever. And 20 years later, the first public introduction to the World Wide Web was made. Our world was changed. It will never be the same again. I think about that we are, to the day, five months away from recognizing 20 years ago. 20 years ago, 9-11 occurred. Hard to fathom that it's been 20 years. Our world changed. It will never be the same. I think about just a year ago. Last year at this time, we, we were not worshiping together because a virus was introduced and our world changed. It'll never be the same. Things are ever changing in our world. And when we are dealing with a world that is ever changing, there is a sense that we search for and look for something that is constant. Something that doesn't change. Something that is secure. Something that, that we can hold on to in our life that we know it's always going to be the same. It's hard to find in the world in which we live. Yet, in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, listen to what God's Word says. It says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Think about that for a moment. 
I, the Lord your God, do not change. He is ever and always the same. He is never changing. He is always constant and consistent in, in our lives. And it is important that we recognize that. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes. His Son Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Never changes. He is constant, consistent, and eternal. The Holy Spirit, the Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14, says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, cleanse you and, and your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So we look at it and we see that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are eternal. They never change. They are constant and consistent and the same. The Word of God is eternal. Matthew chapter 23 and 24 and verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will not pass away. My Word is eternal. And so we begin to look and we begin to see that there are some things in our life that can be consistent, that can be eternal, that are never changing. But all of those things are tied to our Lord and to His Word and to our spiritual journey in life. Psalm 119 verse 89 says this, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in heaven. Your Word is settled, it is secure, it is sure in heaven. And so he communicates to us that the eternal triune of God has made to us a promise that he is unchanging. That he is always consistently the same. That he is eternal. He will always be there. And that we can count on him no matter what in life. And in a world that is ever-changing... In a world where we face struggles and difficulties and challenges that are ever-changing, in an ever-changing and and shifting climate and culture in which we live today, we have witnessed over the last year or two some incredible changes in our world, uh, some that are good, some that are horrific, but ever-changing, never consistently the same. Except God says, I'll never change. Jesus is eternally the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. His word has been set in heaven and it will not change. The Holy Spirit is eternal. And so he says to us, because I am eternal, because my Son and the Holy Spirit and my word are eternal, I want to give to you an eternal gift. John 3.16, probably one of the most recognized and memorized passages in all of Scripture. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have what? Eternal life. 
eternal. He says, I want to give you a gift that will never change. I want to give to you a gift that will be forever. It's a wonderful gift when we receive that gift. It is a gift that, that is unchanging. It is a gift that is ever consistent in our life. And so when I look at that, and I look at the, the shifting and changing landscape around us every day, and, and I look at God's Word and He says, I want to give you something that's eternal. I want to give you something that is unchanging and unending and is ever constant and consistent in your life. I look at that and I think, you know, really there, there are only four possibilities related to this. The first is this, to be lost and know you're lost. It's just that simple. He, he says that, that, that for God so loved the Word gave His only begotten Son that whosoever not believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, so we are lost and we know we're lost. To be lost and to think we're saved. Terrible place to be, to be, to be lost but think that we're secure. To think that we're okay. To be saved and not know it for sure. How many people do you know that if you ask the question, you know, or, or, when you die, are you going to go to heaven? And they say something like this, well, I hope I am. Well, I, I think... I will, but they're not sure. There's a question and there's a doubt. And so we have salvation, this gift of eternal life that He's given us, but we're not really confident in it. Or the fourth is this, to be saved and to know for certain that you are saved. Yes, I have been saved by the grace of God. And when this life on this earth ends, I am confident that I will find my eternity in the kingdom of heaven, in the glory of the Lord. Confidence. Knowing for sure that there is something certain in our life that is unchanging, eternal, and always there. What a hope that gives us. What, what, what a, a future we have to hold on to when we recognize that He offers us something that is eternal and unchanging. Of the 42 instances... That the phrase eternal life is used in the Bible. 22 of those 42 are found in two books. Those books are written by John. It's the Gospel of John and, and 1 John, which is where we find our text today. And when we look into God's Word and we see these truths, it is important for us to recognize the powerful hope that that brings to us. 1 John chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, and you would, turn with me there today. And we will read that together and share this message with one another. 1 John chapter 5, and I want to read just a few verses beginning in verse 10. God's Word reads as follows. The one who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his Son. And the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. Listen to that. The witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you, listen to what he says, 
who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. He says it's a pretty simple and straightforward message. What I want you to do and to know and to see and to understand is that the gift of eternal life that comes from God is available to whoever will receive the gift. And when we have received the gift of eternal life that comes from God, he says, I want you to recognize it's a reality. It's not a myth. It's not a story. It's not something that, that is, is false, that's, that, that gives you some type of false hope or, or false assurance. It's not, as some people say in the world today, a crutch that we lean on, that, that if we don't have faith and we don't have God and His Word and, and our spiritual life, that we can't make it through life. It's none of those things. He says, it is a reality. That the gift that I give you is, is real. That it is something that is, is tangible for you to hope and to hold on to until eternity. John says the testimony. He keeps talking about this word testimony and the witness. The witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. And that, that word testimony, your witness there, it's evidence. It, it's a report. It, it is a, a binding record. And so what he's saying is this, God has given us a, a binding record of a truth that is real. And that is that he has given to us the gift of eternal life. That He has given to us the hope that we can have eternity in the kingdom of heaven. And not just a hope that I hope I will or I hope I can. It's a hope that, that is an assurance. It's a, it's a hope that gives us courage and strength to face life day by day and moment by moment. And He communicates that to us in His Word. And this is the promise He made to us, eternal life. The promise that He gives to us is an everlasting life that has no end. An everlasting life that, that is, is ongoing throughout eternity. As we look at these words today and we consider this passage, there are some truths that are profound for us that can help us have confidence in, in our hope and in our future. He says this as we read this again. The one who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. Okay, So this is the truth or the testimony, uh, the record that he's given. He says we have that within himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar. I want you to think about that for just a moment. I want you to think about the truth of those few words. Either I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came to this earth and he lived a pure, perfect life sinless life he died on the cross was buried in the tomb and as we celebrated last week was resurrected on the third day he ascended to the right hand of the father and someday he's coming back to claim those who belong to him either we believe that or we believe that god's a liar one or the other we can't have it any other way. The Scripture is very clear. He who believes the witness or the testimony or the record that God has given us has that witness within us, or he who does not believe believes that God's a liar. And it's, it's one or the other. 
And, and so it's very important that we understand that this gift that he gives us that is eternal is, is a substantial gift, but we have to embrace it. We have to believe it. We can't half-heartedly accept it. We can't, well, sort of believe it. We can't take it for, well, I, I want the security of eternal life, but I don't want to live the way that he wants me to live. He says we have to accept the witness or else we determine in our hearts that God's a liar. That, that the things that he tells us in his eternal word, he says, is unchanging. He says then, then we have to, to realize that we believe that those things aren't true. That God has just lied to us and he's deceived us. And he says, the one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because, why? He has not believed in the witness or the record that God, excuse me, that God has borne concerning his son. So he says, now this comes back to the testimony of the son. The witness of the son, the, the son of God, Jesus Christ. And the witness is this. So he says, now, here's what I'm talking about. The witness is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. This life is in Jesus Christ. The Scripture says that there is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved except the name of Jesus. He says for us, Jesus is the only way, as Sam was communicating earlier in his communion meditation. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except by me. And John's testimony says the witness is that God has given us eternal life, and this eternal life is in Jesus. It comes through only believing that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died for my sins. He was buried in the tomb, resurrected on the third day. It comes from believing that message. It comes from believing that truth and applying it to our hearts and to our lives. It comes from accepting in faith that Jesus is who he says he is. He has done what he says he has done. And he will do what he says he will do. And when we have faith in that, when we have belief in that, he says, then we have eternal life. And that eternal life is in Jesus. It is a gift. Understand this when we talk about a gift. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. I can't pay for it. I can't bargain for it. There is nothing that I can do to bring this gift to myself except to accept it, to receive it. That's the only thing I can do. Anything else does not bring the gift. And sadly, Satan has convinced a lot of people in the world of the lie that you have to deserve it. You have to be good enough. You have to do enough good things. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to live this way. You have to live that way. And, and people are convinced that they've got to do something to earn God's love and his eternal life. People are convinced that they have to, to pay their way. Well, that's what, what my giving at church is. It's, it's my buying my way into heaven. It's, it's my way of, of paying for my eternal life. Nothing could be further from the truth. God's Word is explicitly clear for us to understand. There is nothing that I can do to deserve it, to pay for it, to earn it, to merit it in any way, shape, or form. For God so loved the world that He gave. His only begotten Son. It's a gift. It's a free gift that He gives to us. And all we have to do is accept it. 
All we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is, is to allow it to become a part of our lives. And he said, it's yours. I give to you this gift, and this gift is in my son, Christ Jesus. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through, through 10 says this. For by grace you have been saved, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He says, it's a gift. So I don't want anybody to think that they've earned it and and they can boast and brag, well, look what I did to get eternal life. He says, what I want is to give you a gift that all you have to do is receive. And salvation from our sins and eternal life in the kingdom of heaven is God's gift that he wants to give us. He wants us to, to receive that gift. He wants us to accept that gift. And so, so the question then is this, how do I receive the gift? How do I accept the gift that He has prepared for me, that He wants to give me, that He wants me to have? The Scripture is very clear about that. I don't earn it. I don't work for it. I don't deserve it. I can't pay for it. How do I receive it? Well, He tells us in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through through 41. And He says this. He says that we are to believe, that we are to repent, that we are to confess, And we're to be baptized. And he said, if you will do those things, that's the act of receiving the gift. I'm not working for it. I'm not earning it. I don't deserve it. But I do have to receive it. So the process of receiving the gift is simply following the gospel plan of salvation. And that is to first admit that I'm a sinner. To admit that I need help. There's there's sin in my life and I need someone to rescue me from that sin. That's believing Confession is confessing that Christ is the Son of God. In other words, we're confessing the witness that we just talked about in 1 John and in chapter 5, and we're saying we believe that witness. We believe that testimony that Jesus is the Son of God, and He is my Savior, and He did die for my sins, and He was resurrected. I, I, I confess that. I believe that. And He says that, that I must turn from my sins. That's repentance. So I must believe. I must repent. I must confess. I must turn away from choosing to live in sin, and I want to choose to live not in sin. And he says, and then I am baptized. And he says, the baptism allows us to be baptized into his death. And the scripture says that that we, we are baptized in the likeness of his burial and then resurrected in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in the newness of life. He said, this is where eternal life begins. It begins at the moment that we put to death the old me and I come alive to the new me. I become a new person in Christ Jesus, and the life that I now have is an eternal life. It will never end. Physically, this body will will end. But spiritually, he says, if I am in Christ and I've received the gift of eternal life, I will live forever. And it will be a transition from this life to our eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. It's moving from one location to another location. But he says, I give you the gift of eternal life. 
And he says, we, if we will receive that gift, that's just the act of receiving is all we're doing. If, if I, I think I've, I've shared this with you before. If I had a box and it was all beautifully wrapped and, and there was a gift inside and it had a big bow on the outside and all of these things, and I said to you, here's your gift. I give you this gift. Well, what do you do for that gift? You have to receive it, right? That gift doesn't become useful to you. It doesn't become valuable to you. It doesn't help you in any way until you receive it. Well, how do I receive it? Well, I have to take off the bow. I have to take off the wrapping paper. I have to open up the box. And I have to take the gift out and to receive it. Well, well you didn't do anything to, to deserve it or earn it. You didn't pay for it. It's a free gift, but you do have to receive it. And so the same process in receiving the gift of God spiritually is he says, here, here are the things that you need to do to receive it. You don't earn it, you don't deserve it, you don't pay for it, but you have to receive it. And receiving it is the gospel plan of salvation. I believe, repent, confess, and am baptized. And he said, when we are raised out of that water grave of baptism in the likeness of his burial and his resurrection, we are raised to walk in a new life. And that new life is eternal. It never ends. It is, it, is, it is forever in his kingdom. And so listen to how he closes these words when he says this. And the witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who receives the gift, right, has the life. He who does not have the son of God does not have the life. If you haven't received the gift, you don't have life. You don't have eternal life. Then listen, this is so critical. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. He doesn't want us to go through life saying, I hope when I die I'll go to heaven. He doesn't want us to go through life saying, I think when I die I'll go to heaven. He wants us to go through life with the hope and the assurance that we can say, when I die, I know that I'm going to heaven. Not because of anything I've done. Not because I deserve it. Not because I've earned it. Not because I've worked for it. Not because I've paid for it. But because I've received the grace of God. And I have accepted the gift of eternal life by following the gospel plan of salvation. And so here's what I want you to understand today. It's simply a choice. It's a choice every single person. I can't make it for you. Your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, your children, no one can make it for you. You have to make the decision as to whether or not you will receive the gift of eternal life that God has to offer. And you're the only one who can make that decision. I think I've shared this story with you before, but I think it bears sharing again. There was a student who was studying with his great master. And he so desired to, to outshine and outsmart his master. And so one day he devised a plan and he caught a small bird and he trapped it in his hands. And he said, I will go to my master and I will ask him, is the bird in my hands dead or is it alive? If he says it is alive, I will tighten the grip of my hands and, and squish the life out of it and show him that it's dead. If he says that it's dead, then I'll simply open my hands and set it free and show him that it's alive. Either way, he cannot be right, I will be right. 
And so the day came and he took the little bird and he stood before his master and he said, in my hands I hold a small bird. He said, is this bird dead or is it alive? The master looked at him for only a moment, paused and he said this, the choice of life or death is in your hands. It's up to you. And what I would say to you today is God has given us the gift of eternal life and the choice of life or death up to you. It's in your hands. Whether we choose to receive the gift or not, the choice is ours.